You're dialed in to the Turn In Two podcast with your hosts, Matt Mills and Tito. Welcome back, Cardinal fans, to another episode of the Turn In Two podcast, season two, episode numero dos. Tito's out today, but we're going to have a little prospect talk, and I brought back the one, the only, Drake Mann. Drake, how's it going today? Uh, it's going pretty well. How are you? Oh, man. Um, it's Saturday. Um, I burnt some pizza rolls in the air fryer, and, um, you know, other than that, I can't complain. Um uh, yeah, that's about yeah, that, it. It sounds like an interesting uh, afternoon so far. I mean, it's still morning here and it's still hot. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, it rained Arizona. all morning here, unfortunately. Oh, I'd, I'd rather have that than 102. You have a valid point. <laughs> exactly. See? I haven't even checked the weather to see if that rain cooled it off, but I hope it did because I don't want uh, no. 80 and it's probably stupid humid outside so i'll probably walk outside and the uh the clouds will stick to my body literally the past couple oh uh, yeah nights, i went scouting to at the uh, arizona complex league and literally the mosquitoes and flies don't leave you alone because it's so humid outside i was like oh my gosh it's hot and it's humid it's oh bull crap yeah it's it's not appetizing uh-uh but, it's um, arizona so we're doing this today because you went on a 1 a.m. I'd say 1 a.m. rant about the drop of the uh, the top 10 new prospect, not new, but the top 10 prospect list or top 30 uh, updated, list updated from MLB version of the Cardinals yeah. top prospects at 1 a.m. Nobody was alive, but me, you and somebody else. <laughs> I mean, and, to be uh, fair, you're two hours ahead of me. So it was about 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock my time. Okay. Okay. Well, yeah, that's yeah. fine. That's fine. So, yeah, you were just getting ready to get tucked into bed, but there I am, just uh, <laughs> being a uh, a heathen at one a.m. in um, Missouri. But um, yeah, so let's touch on this a little bit. Um, I'll go over it, and then you can tell me what you don't like, what you do like, and then we will toss out ours and why we put them there. So. Um, we're just going to do the top 10 because, I mean, uh, no, we'll go top 15. I think top 15 gives you a, 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 a look at what's beyond the top 10. And then, you know, we can just do a top 10 for ourselves. So um, at f- the number one prospect in the Cardinal system right now is Nolan Gorman. Um, and number two is, is Matthew Libertor. Three, Jordan Walker. Four, Mason Wynn. Five, Recently drafted Joshua Baez, number six. Recently drafted Michael McGreevy, seven Avon Herrera, eight Zach Thompson, nine Malcolm Nunez, ten Nick Plummer, eleven Tink Hintz, twelve Alec Burleson, thirteen Delvin Perez, fourteen Lucan Baker, and fifteen Edwin Nunez. Um, there's fifteen more. Like I said, we're not gonna dabble into the rest of it for now um but um so drake you were hot the other night i don't don't really see you i don't see you too upset but um what 
what do you what do you like about it and what do you not like about it all right so i think the top four is pretty solid that's what i would have personally i know gorman's been killing it this year same with walker and win both of them uh got promoted to peoria recently and they've been advancing i think probably much quicker than the cardinals have even uh thought um I do feel like they're undervaluing Yvonne Herrera quite a bit because he is 20. Yes, he's struggling this year, but he's 21 in double A. And he's because of what's going on with Andrew Kisner and Yadier Molina and all that stuff. He's definitely going to be the starting catcher of the future for the Cardinals. So I feel like he should be top five and then probably Baez six and then McGreevy probably seven. And then Thompson, I'm not really high on anymore. I was really high on him out of the draft, but. I just don't see his stuff, especially at already 23. I don't see his stuff translating as well as people thought it was going to be. And then the alternate one of Nick Plummer at 10 is, um, yeah, that's, uh, that's um, no, no disrespect to Nick Plummer, but that is wrong and bad. Just especially with Alec Burleson at 12, because Burleson has advanced, what, three levels so far? Mm-hmm. And he's already in AAA, and he's been killing it at each level. And Nick Plummer's going to be probably 26, 27 by the time he debuts. So that's just that's just my opinion on that. So I, mean, I don't okay. know about you, but fair enough. So, but what's your okay? I, we and you have discussed this, but why why do you not think that Nick should be ten? Um, so it's just it's the fact that like. I get he's blooming late, which is it's good to see. But like the fact that he wasn't even ranked last year, or if he was, he was top thirty. So with one good year, you shouldn't go up twenty spots to be a top ten prospect, especially when you have, like I said, Burles in there and Tink Hens behind him, who is looking like a stud right-handed pitcher for the Cardinals. So like I'm just that's just where I have a little bit of issue with Nick Plummer at ten. Okay, fair enough. I mean. So one of the things I noticed right off the bat for me was Yvonne Herrera being seven. Um, you know, all in all, I think he should be higher, but I will say at the same time that if you are going to, if you're, if, if your whole mindset is, oh, well, Nick is finally finding out what he needs to do. And now he's 10. I don't like that. So where, how can you just allow guys that were just drafted in the top 10 and say, okay, that's cool. See, see, that's different. I just feel like I take age into it a lot. Like I was saying about Nick Plummer, he's already 25 and now he's just not figuring it out. But I do, I do still think Herrera should be five, but Baez and McGreevy, I I still think that they are top 10 because they do still have, the talent and they're younger, especially Baez. He's only 18, so he's going to be a lot more raw, but it's going to take him a little bit more time. But they're both still going to, they still both have the potential to be something solid. I think Nick Plummer, he's basically with his age, he's not really going to have that much longer of a career. And to, he's, pre, he's pretty much a fourth outfielder, in my opinion. But he is, what he's doing this year is phenomenal. No offense to you, Nick Plummer. Love you, buddy. Um, I will say that Alec Burleson not being in the top ten is kind of, um, kind of a, uh, I don't know, I don't like it. A um, letdown? 
Yeah, well, I mean, not really let down because these rankings, honest to God, don't mean anything to me. But, uh, I mean, with him not being in top 10 for the, the leaps and bounds he's done this year alone, it's yeah. kind of wild. Um, but I guess all in all, yeah, I understand there might be raw talent there. Um, I, might, I understand that there is there, there may be, you know, they may be, to me, at some point in time, top 10 material. But I don't know if if Baez and McGreevy are just jumping there to top 10, top six, you know, right away until, you know, they get some game under them. I mean, uh, I think McGreevy had pitched one inning when this dropped. And it's just like, man, I mean, I guess, you know, everybody's going to rank these these guys different for different reasons. But that's, that's mine. I, I wouldn't put them in the top 10 until, you know, they get some game under their belt. Um, but um, – yeah, so um, a couple notables that um, are making win down. Um, number 27 is Juan Yepes, and uh, also another guy who's jumped all the way up to AAA is Brendan Donovan, um, and he's down at 18. Now, obviously, you can't please everybody. You know this. Yeah. I know this. They're not going to all be top 10. Um but uh, you got Delvin Perez at 13 right behind Alec Burleson. Luke and Baker at 14 uh, behind Delvin. Um, so, John Torres at 20. Yeah, Trajan yeah that was a massive drop for Torres because he was like seven last year. So, I know, yeah. he, again, he's struggling this year, So, but he's still 21. So, he's still got plenty of time to develop that power. So whenever you drop them in there, you do, <clears throat> you do add an age into that consideration. Yeah, I would. Yeah, a lot of the times because especially with, like like we were saying about Nick Plummer or even like I saw on the Giants list, they still had a guy um, on the Giants and he was 27 and he was still a top prospect. Like because there's still about depending on where they are at, there's still one to two more years of development. So you're seeing. Perez or not Perez, sorry, Plummer debut at like 27, 28 years old, which that's so good. He's going to get a debut because um, we passed on Walker Bueller for him. But I think he does sooner, to be honest with you. What's wrong? I think he does debut sooner than that. It may not be, he with, might. St. Louis. It may not be with St. Louis, but I think he does debut sooner than, than we had He might. He might. I, I, I might just be a, a hater. <laughs> right now no, but you're just... not being a hater necessarily you just you know you are you love other people drake and that's fine but i'm very high yeah. on i'm very high on zach thompson and you're not so that's fine i like his stuff yeah. um but okay well let's go ahead uh and go ahead and, and give me your top 10 list from one to ten all right so well their top four would be pretty much mine of Gorman, Libertor, Walker, Win. Uh, five, I would have Yvonne Herrera. Just and also, I just prioritize catching a lot more because it's the most important position in baseball. So when you have a 21 year old catcher who has a solid bat and is development or uh, developing his defensive game, that I believe is more valuable than an, an 18 year old outfielder or a 21 year old right handed pitcher. And Baez and McGreevy, so that's why I would have Yvonne Herrera five. Six, I would have Joshua Baez, just because there's so much potential there for him to succeed and and be an at least above average starter. Um, 
Seven would probably be McGreevy at that point. And then eight would be Burleson, in my honest opinion. Nine would be uh, Tink Hens. And then 10 would probably be Zach Thompson. Wow. Yeah. Really? I'm very high on Tink Hens. That guy is going to be <clears throat> disgusting. Like, I've seen some video on him that, that he's going to be good. If he can stay healthy, he's going to be good. Interesting. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, so what's he what's he doing? What's Tinkens doing this year? Tinkens is in uh, rookie ball now, and so he has eight innings. He does have a nine ERA in eight games, but he has fourteen strikeouts in those eight innings pitched. And yeah, he's been. He's only oh shit! He's only pitched eight innings. Wow. Yeah. So he, what is he? Darting? Yeah, he's, they started him late. I was. I, they were probably wanting to develop him a little bit more before he went into game action. That's what I'm thinking. Cause he's, he's still only 19. So. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's the downfall of prospects, man. That is a downfall of prospects. Their age sometimes, you know, just might catch up yeah. to them. Yeah. Um, good. So I'm, I'm assuming you've been watching uh, MILB TV this year. Yeah. Who, who, um, I guess at the three Cardinal levels that we can watch, who's impressing you? Ooh, that's that's actually a really good one. Well, the obvious choice would be Gorman just because, again, he's been rising. Like, he went from double-A, now he's, he's at triple-A. Um, Mason Wynn has also been very impressive. Uh, just like Jordan Walker, both of them have – I've been rising much quicker than a lot of people anticipated. Um, there's a few other guys like um, Juan Yepes. I think the most has been – he's came out of nowhere. I don't know if, if you feel the same way, but, I mean, what does he have, like 23 home runs this year, something like that in AAA? And um, I want to uh, – I just looked at it just the other day. Because he can't – he's come out of nowhere. Uh, he has 20 – oh, wait, 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 wait. Memphis this year, he has 16 home runs, and on the year he has 21 total between two levels. So he's basically come out of nowhere. And Where else has because, he played? What, what was that? Where else has Yepes played? Double-A uh, Springfield. In 2021? Yeah. Oh, no, you're games. right. He was, he was down in Springfield. Okay, never mind. It's been a long season, so – um <laughs> yeah i've i think juan yepes has really caught the eyes of, of cardinal fans because he's been he's been ex- oh he has he, he absolutely so, has um is he on the 40-man roster yeah yeah it's like coming out and um i'm not quite sure i i know that he'll probably have to be protected soon from the um what's it called rule five draft so, I, I'm assuming he, he is. I actually looked that up really quick. <laughs> well, um, yeah, so I, I would say me personally, I, I think that one of the guys that has impressed me the most has got to mm-hmm. be Alec Burleson. Has to be. Um, the quick climb that he's had from, you know, high A all the way up, because they were like, 
this guy's starting in Peoria right away. You know, we're starting him up here. Uh, we'll see what he does. And next thing you know, he's in Springfield, and everybody's like, man, he's rising. And and now he's he's in Memphis. Um, it's kind of wild, honestly. Um, but, you know, I'm – I, I I haven't watched – well, I've watched bits and pieces of Memphis games. I haven't watched any of Peoria, but um, I tell you what, man, and I've told Tito a lot this too, the turnarounds that Delvin and Nick Plummer have had are just wild. And I've had so much – I've had so much fun being able to watch um, Delvin Perez play in the field this year. He's just – He's an exciting ball player to watch. He he's a to me, he's a he's a Javi Baez without the massive power. And um I mean to me it's just been a blast watching him play. Um and then you know Malcolm Nunez looks fun. Brennan Donovan looked good. Avon Herrera. I mean, it's been a really good year all around and and uh and double A. Drake, where'd you go? Uh well, um Drake has muted his mic, so I guess this has turned into a solo show. Oh, well, oh, he's there back. You, there we go. He's there we go. back, and we are not cutting that out. <laughs> we are not cutting that <laughs> So what happened was you kept on, like, cutting in and out. So I just switched to data. So I guess it actually. Oh, your muted. internet's crap there in Arizona. You guys, yeah, are still, you guys are still putting people on bicycles to, to generate your internet power down there, huh? <laughs> yeah, most likely. So did but, you uh, even know what I said? Did you listen to what I said? I, I, I heard about Plummer and um, Delvin. Uh, Delvin Perez. I heard about those two, but before that, I didn't hear anything because there wasn't kept really on much going on before that. Okay. But, uh, so what have you? What do you? What do you like about a Connor Thomas? He's been the best pitcher at Memphis so far this year. I haven't. I haven't. Oh, that's one of the things I said before. That's why you don't know. I haven't watched any Memphis games. I've watched. I've, uh, watched, okay. I've watched the latter part of like a few innings. Um. But I have not seen a full Memphis game, um, so I, I, you know, I focus a lot of my attention on Springfield and been able to watch those yeah. guys. And um, I mean, honestly, God, their record may not show it, but I think personally, this is probably one of the best um, Springfield teams we've had in a long time. I mean, yeah, 2012 won the Texas League title, but I mean. We've had Gorman, Burleson, Nick, and Delvin. I've had great seasons. Herrera. Um, so it's just – it's been a lot of fun, you know? Yeah. Um, so I've – And now been, now Andre Plante is down there too. He's – oh, well, he's been here all season. Was Has he in AAA well, now? Yeah. Uh, no. Okay. I think – I I – I got him confused from last year because I forgot that last year there was no uh, minor league season. Yeah. So I think, I think he, I think, I don't think he's getting enough love either. Yeah. I agree with that. 
Um, I, I think it's criminal I think, that he's not on this list. I think as he develops, he's going to be impressive. Um, he reminds me. I don't know who I want to compare him to, but, you know, his stuff isn't bad at all. Uh, he's one yeah. of the better pitchers in Springfield. Um, but, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I definitely agree. Like, there have been multiple – if he can add a little bit more ticks of velo, I know it's kind of hard with the way he throws, but if he can add a little bit more ticks of velo, that his stuff is going to play very well going forward, especially because I think I saw a start where he was – touching 96 and i was like holy cow like if they get this guy going forward that's that's great especially if he just sits 92 93 with that curveball and slider combo oh my goodness yeah he uh he, he's impressed me um there's a few others that i've seen throw that that have opened my eyes a little bit um but all in all, like I said, I think it's been a very exciting year in Springfield. Hopefully, I'm hoping Jordan Walker doesn't skip double A and gets to come play here next year because I think – and I've, I don't know if you've listened any lately, but I've spoke on it. But I think I think that this St. Louis Cardinals team with the prospects that we've got down there and the minors right now, I think we're looking at um, a championship window – in the next five years, five to six years, I would say is a good time frame that I feel that this team will win another title. Well, so you, so uh, that was basically what I was uh, going to bring up. I was going to say of all the NL central teams, this is my completely, well, there's probably a little bias here, but do the Cardinals have the brightest future or most exciting future? Well, I don't, I don't dabble in anybody else's prospects. I, I can't, I, I'm trying to learn ours, you know, and yeah. um, I don't know the complete list of the guys that the Cubs got trading away everybody on their main roster. But um, I mean, obviously you're going to have your excitement somewhat in Pittsburgh, I suppose. But I think those guys, all those guys that they've got in the past few years are getting ready to come up. But I, I truly feel like with what we've got, you know, we've got Libertor, we've got Gorman, you know, they're on the brink. If they don't I, – I strongly feel like we'll see those guys, at least Gorman, come up in September. Um, but, you know, then you got your your walkers, your wins, your, your um, Herrera's coming up. Um, and I just – I think that we are in a, in a spot where – you are going to get a title on the back end of the careers of Goldschmidt and Arnado with these fresh guys coming up that are just going to start lighting, lighting things up. Especially with uh, pretty much the young outfield too. Tyler oh, yeah. in the corner this year. Dylan Carlson's looked pretty good. Garrison yeah. Bader's up and down, but still that defense is – I think – You can play him in center field. I think that um, well, I mean, you're not even talking about one guy that's that's really starting to to Lars flourish. Newbar. Yeah, Lars. yeah, release the newt. But um, release the newt. I don't know. I just made them up on the fly. <laughs> Listen, it's get, it's a little it's a little hazy in here. Okay, these burnt pizza rolls are just they're not doing well for me. But um, yeah, I think I think that the outfield is good. Obviously I told Tito the other day in a text, I said, man, I said, I said, 
Harrison Bader is what he is. At this point in time, you have to understand that, that yeah, he might go on a hot streak. He might strike out a lot, but, you know, he's going to provide you with the defense. And yep. um, we can't expect anything else. He, he is what he is. And now if he takes off like, uh, like Tyler O'Neill's doing, so be it. I'll take it and we'll, we'll go. But um, I think he is what he is. But, yeah, you got a young outfield. I, I, I foresee um, – I foresee that crew staying around a while. If not, you know, the problem I think you're going to run into is, you know, going into 2022, you know, are you looking hard at Lars being your, your, your fourth outfield or, or, you know, I think personally you are going to see, I don't know about any of the top 10, but I think you're going to see the young and some guys head out this winter for some other stuff. Yeah. I, I think the young gets, gets traded. Like you were just saying, I think he goes to, because I think with all the money, I know that we have a lot of money coming back with, with the are auto move and all that stuff, but we do still have a lot of money coming off the books. Mm-hmm. So I do think that they could possibly, I, it's pretty much a solid fit. I think that they land Trevor story. It, it's pretty, I mean, Story and Arenado on the left side of the infield. That's you know Arenado wants that because he wants his boy with him again. So I just think it's too good of a fit to not that they wouldn't trade De Young just to get Trevor Story. Yeah, I mean I could see it happening. Um, I could see it happening. Am, am I high on it? I mean it's not one of my it's not one of my top moves. I guess um, absolutely we need a new shortstop, but I don't know. I personally don't know if uh, if Trevor Story at short is going to be the answer. It might be, but I mean, oh, I want Corey Seager. That's who I want. Yeah, I've seen a few people want Seager, um, and then my not my. Ugh, I don't know if I just had a stroke or what. I don't know if that's necessarily an issue either because, um, you know, left-handed bat. Yeah, but I could also. Um, I mean, I could see the story route, but I think, I think, um, I think a good fit. If you, if, if, if this team wants to bargain hunt again, you've got, you're probably 75, 80% likely to have the DH in 2022. Um, and I think you've got a good fit for, um, a Gorman B Burleson or three Newt bar. Are you there? Yeah, yeah, no. I was, yeah, I, Sorry, I heard A, Gorman, B, wait, what was it? Sorry. Burleson. Burleson, and then uh, three, you said Newport. Uh, yeah. yeah. So I, I, was, I was just, I was uh, yeah. traumatized by AB3 instead of ABC. Oh. <laughs> Is that what I did? Yes, you said AB3. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I, I, may, I, may, I may need to call somebody. I might be having a stroke. <laughs> I don't know what happened. Holy shit. I literally, I thought you said C, but I heard three and I was like, wait, what? I'm going to have to listen to this back. Things might be, <laughs> things might be going downhill for the turn into podcast on a Saturday afternoon. <laughs> Disclaimer, I've not had anything to drink today. <laughs> but, um, Dude, get some drink in your system. Jeez. Oh man. Some, some water. It sounds like. 
Um, so I think I think Gorman's pretty solid there. Uh, at this rate, though, Burleson, if he continues hitting, you really there's no way you can't keep him in Triple A or whatever, and say he needs to work on defense. No, but I think I think at the same time, and I've and I've and I've thought this in my head. I don't know if I've blurted it out loud, but I think he's gonna he's going to uh, be more of a DH than he is in uh, playing the outfield. I, I think I think he he makes good moves. You know, he's just he's just not. I, I think we've got too much speed in the outfield right now to say, yeah. hey, one of you guys need to step out so he can get in. Um, yeah. But at the same time, you know, I think I think. Tommy Edmond is also probably going to move to a utility role, which I don't see a problem with. But yeah, agreed. <clears throat> I mean, Gorman's going to have to come up sooner or later. You know, yep. He's going to bring that pop, and I think you know you you start looking at it, it's kind of odd. You know, all these guys that are starting to make make moves are lefties. Um, so you can bring up Gorman. I don't. I, I honestly, God, I don't know how how his defense at second base has been um, since he left Springfield. So what I've, what I've been seeing is he, he actually does have pretty good footwork at second base, uh, him and Delvin, like when, when he was down in Springfield, I was watching a few of their double plays when Palante was pitching and it just looks so natural for Gorman. But then again, he is a bigger guy. So his range isn't going to be the best. So that's where second base profiles. But then if he goes to the second, you're risking, uh, that arm strength that Gorman has to go to second pretty much. But I think you can risk that just to get his bat in the lineup. Correct. And I think you look at things in the aspect of, you know, he can play third base if Arnado needs a day off. Um, <clears throat> I don't know with Carpenter, if he returns, we're going to have, we're going to have to throw some fists, but I don't know who's going to play first as a backup uh, next year. I have that could some... potentially be Burleson. Yeah, which I don't see a problem with. I think he would fit better there. To be honest with you, I don't think he's slow. Yeah. Not necessarily. He's not the fastest guy, but I just don't think. I don't think he's he's the quickest. You know. Yeah. But first base isn't too hard to learn. But I mean, we've seen St. Louis. Um, make some mistakes over there over the years oh. jose martinez and um matt carpenter but um an- another interesting name and i don't i'm not saying it's going to happen but um with the yankees potentially trying to move luke voigt you can move him but he he's a he's a he's a he can only play first base and i don't know if you want to load the bench up with with multi-positional players but you know that might be an option to back up to just a pinch hit or you know if Goldschmidt needs a day off, anything like that. See, one guy I would love for the bench or even a guy that he would kind of take Tommy Edmonds role, kind of, but he would be a very nice bench bat. He's playing for the White Sox now as Cesar Hernandez. I don't know if you've seen a lot of him, but he'd be a, he's a, a like a versatile player and he has some pop off the bench. So that's, yeah. he's a guy that I wanted this year, but well, we didn't get him. Yeah, I don't know if they. I, I, I honestly, I, I don't know. I do know they need to fix their bench a little bit. I mean, it's kind of dead in the water right now. You don't know what you're going to get. Um, yeah. But I do think they, I do think they fix shortstop. I do think. I mean, you're going to have to fix your pitching. I know you'll yeah. have Hicks back and everything like that. But uh, like right now, you know, Mo had to bargain hunt 
and some of them have paid off. You know, I can't, you can't deny that there's guys on there on the, in the road in sorry, in the bullpen that are doing pretty decent. Yeah. But to me, moving forward, you can't have that next year. Yeah. I, I made a bet with the guy over the J a half trade. Uh, if he has below a three ERA with the Cardinals, I owe him 50 bucks. So. Wow. Yeah. Whew. Man. And I might be I might be down fifty bucks. J J A Hap has been pretty good so far. Yeah, I you can't like even I mean, I, I, I didn't see the game last night, but you know, I mean Michael is, you know, how many runs did he allow? Two, three? Uh he had no earned because of the air because Bader had an air in center, but he he went five innings and struck out like I think four or something. Uh, better than nothing, I guess. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I, I don't think I don't think the overall work of Lester has been terrible. Um, I mean, w- what do you expect out of a aging lefty? Yeah, yeah. See, I, I, I don't really know still about Le- Lester. I mean, he. He does have Yachty behind the plate, so that should help him a lot. But just seems like a lot of his like cutters that he normally throws that were like vintage Lester, like that was his go-to pitch, like cutter slider combo. Like it just seems like he keeps leaving them in like the middle of the plate, and they just keep getting hit hard. But yeah, like if you leave it on the corner, Yachty can steal you a lot of strikes. Yeah, so it's it is interesting. So before we before we hang this up. Um, not counting September call-ups, you have your your top thirty prospect list for the St. Louis Cardinals. Who of that group is going to be the first called up? That's a mainstay. That's a mainstay. I I would probably just say Burleson. I mean, that's the big. That, that's like the big one there, but. I got to give credit to Delvin Perez. If this is legit and this is the Perez that we're seeing, he could be a mainstay at shortstop. Now, that's kind of confusing because I did just say the story is going to be there. But if Perez continues on this path, you either are forcing to trade him or start him, in my opinion. Well, that's why I've said that's why I've said some of these guys on this list may not be here next year due to you know, some type of trade happening. I, I don't know what, what kind of trade could be done with – with. Uh, I'm assuming it would probably be to acquire a starting pitcher, but um, I just – I think some of these guys will not be on the, the list due to a trade coming next year. Um, but, yeah, I, I, Delvin's playing good ball. He's playing real good ball, but that's why, you know, some of these guys are, are their names are getting out there. So, you know, they, I mean, they'd be good to pack onto the resume for a trade um, for somebody else. But I, I think personally, I think, I think Libertor's in the, in the rotation next year. Yeah. The, Matthew Libertor, I could see that, especially because the other night, um, he was throwing 95, 96 and yeah. like topping there. And I'm like a lot of the year he hasn't been doing that, but if that is staying that, that fastball curveball is legit. That, that combo. Oh my goodness. And we already know how good Libertor's curveball is. 
Yeah. Yeah. I think it's a dagger. Yeah, it'll be it'll be fun. But I think I think that that's that's who I mean, I I, I truly feel like him and Gorman are both coming up to start the year next year. That's my thought process. But um if I have to take one, it's probably gonna be him. I, I think he's he's gonna be in the rotation next year. I think I, I don't believe Carlos is gonna be back. I I doubt it too. I don't I mean, think Carlos is gonna be here. Carpenter's gonna be gone. Um, oh my god, I'm missing some one guy. One guy that like we <sighs> Wainwright? Probably Wainwright. He's probably gonna retire or he'll go one more year with Yachty. But there's another bad contract on this team and I'm forgetting it. Oh my gosh. Oh, the Fowler contract. That's off the books too. So I know he's gone, but like there's yeah. like I was saying, there's a lot of money coming off the books soon. So yeah, I could. So let me ask you this. Um, you, this will be it, and then we can close it up because you've made me edit a lot of shit out this this entire episode. <laughs> wow. Okay. Jeez. <laughs> hey, listen. As as long as you know, you don't have any good quotes in here this time that I can just really rag on. So I guess <laughs> I'll edit it out. <clears throat> but um, so do you think? 2022 starting out in the offseason the cardinals acquire because this could play this could play as we just discussed a few minutes ago do you think the cardinals acquire albert pujols as in a bench role i could see it happening in all honesty because the fans wanted it and we all know that there are teams that actually go and look at Twitter for what fans want, and you know, I we know Pujols wants to return, so yeah, well, it fixes our backup first baseman role. Um, yeah, exactly. But you know, that kind of I don't, I don't care how fast the guy runs, he's still squirting the ball out at high exit velos. So yeah. I mean, and I think I think with with Yachty, I, I never saw it completed, but you know, a high return rate for him. Um, if Wayno signs a decent contract and comes back you know i could see the i could see that the crew heading out one more time the empire striking back uh, this is this is where it gets deadly so yeah i mean and like i said uh that could fix our backup first baseman role yeah and he'd be your go-to guy in any clutch situation or basically be the first pinch hitter off the bench and oh, yeah. a lot of roles oh yeah so. and then i mean it just it makes sense to me um, yeah, maybe not the team, but that's I don't make those calls so. because then what you could do is basically you already have Edmundo as your backup shortstop, and then but what you if full holes? But what if you have? I mean, do you keep Sosa in there if you've moved Tommy Edmund to a super utility role? Now that's interesting. Then that would probably make Edmundo trade bait. Yeah, and then. So then you'd have Tommy Edmund, Albert Pujols, probably, well, Burleson would probably DH, but I was saying if Burleson is still hitting, Burleson would be on your bench. And, yeah, and then probably just get one or two bench bats. Yeah. Um, okay, so I know I said I was going to be done, but I got one one last question while we're talking the, the, the roster for next year. Um, right. I know he's been kind of up and down through the course of his career. And we're already talking about moving Paul DeYoung. What do you think? Um, 
the odds and or what do you think about selling high on Bader? Ooh, that's interesting. So, so pretty much I, I, I would dangle that idea just because you have Lars and he's been pretty solid. Um, but I just don't know how high you would be able to sell him if he's defense only. Well, I mean, he's batting what 260, 270 right now. Yeah, I mean, yeah. yeah. He's, if he he's stays batting. where he's at, that's what I'm saying. You sell high yeah. on him and then whatever, what have you. Yeah. I mean, if he stays at, at his current pace, then yeah, you could probably just dangle the idea, see what you can get. Cause if you can get a few solid prospects for him, then I would personally do it. I don't want to trade Bader, but I would do it if it meant we get more bright future pieces. But yeah, that would be that's an, an interesting thought. Is there any? Sorry, this may that we might we might be here for twelve hours. I don't know. <laughs> what do you think about? Um, because I think he's going to be a free agent coming up. But what's your thoughts on looking at possibly bringing in Cindergard? Cinder, oh, that's there's a lot of risk there, but there's high reward as well. But that would be an interesting pickup. But would the would the Mets realistically let him go? Because they know how he pitches, but I know he's injured. That the way that he throws will be a lot of injuries. But yeah, that's an interesting thought too. I'm just trying to think of pitchers for next year. I mean, I think I think. <sighs> I think that I mean hell. I mean, I I guess I just feel like you just got to spend all the money you can. But at the same time, I mean, you don't necessarily have to do that. I mean, if you can make it make a lineup work with signing Story and uh, or signing any shortstop for that matter, and um, just pushing guys into a bullpen role or signing some uh, free agent relief arms. Hell, I mean, I guess you could make a trade where kind of like the Colby Rasmus trade too, where. You trade a, um, a young and some prospects over for, you know, a, a plethora of bullpen arms that can that can happen as well. Um, yeah, but it'll be interesting. But I, I do, all in all, I do think our, our championship window, if not multiple years, is within the six year range for our young guys. As long as as they make the right moves and spend the right money, that's all I'm saying. I mean, I just hope that because we've been burned before. As much as I love Dexter Fowler, that contract was um. But it got to the point, and I think one of the big issues with Mosaloc is the fact that like this dude literally waits to the last minute, and as pieces are dropping (laughs) off of the free agent market, you he had to overpay for Fowler. Yeah, and I mean, it is what it is at this point in time. You know, it's all gone now, but. You know, you sit there and you twiddle your thumbs and you're trying to just wait it out. You're not you're not doing yourself any justice. And um, you know, the carpenter contract wasn't that bad. it wasn't that good. Um so yeah, you're right. Spend good money and um hopefully, hopefully with these young guys coming up, they can have the flexibility to to do that, to sign some bigger names in there. You you asked me, but I want to ask you. For the for the shortstops of this free agent class, who do you want? So, I out of the free agent class, you're not holding me to anybody. Yeah. So, say Correa, 
uh, Story, Seeger, any, any anybody in the free agent class for short slips? Um, I think I mean I think all those names are nice. I don't really care for Correa. I, just a personal <laughs> thing. Um, <laughs> I think he's kind of a prick, if you know my honesty. <laughs> but um, so I did some I. I'm going to elaborate on this because I'm probably crazy. I, I like to MLB show the trade sometimes, you know, I like to, I like to think that things might happen um, even though they might not. But um, so <clears throat> what do you think about, because as, as I previously discussed, the Yankees probably want to part ways with oh, Luke Voigt. What do you think about a trade with the Yankees for, <laughs> for the likes of now we can package anybody we want on our end but package up somebody like um de young and some prospects for void and like glaber and yeah, or geo yourshella i wouldn't mind that personally but uh i mean there's really not a a lot of room for void that's the only problem that's, i know he'd be a he'd be a bench bat but like then glaber would be starting shortstop and you got gorman up the middle gorman and glaber up the middle and then yeah you have arnado at third and then Shella can first. play some shortstop too though that's the only yeah that's, or, that's or too. both of those names out there and i don't know i was just i was just spitballing because i'm trying to think of how do you get rid of a player that the yankees want to get rid of but also try to make yourself a little better at the same time and I mean, yeah. we've got we do we've got prospects, um, we've got prospects that probably will never see time in St. Louis because of the guys that we have, and we have to be honest with ourselves yeah. with that. And if they're not going to make it, we've got to we've got to move them. And I know the the Yankees, I, I know they like developing their own guys and and whatnot, but at the same time, I mean, you know, we've got some exciting like. Uh, you know, you've got Malcolm Nunez who plays third. Brendan Donovan, infielder, got a good arm. Um, and with Gorman coming up, who will someday probably transition to third base. It just, it's, I don't know. There's so many angles, and and we are not the general manager of the St. Louis Cardinals. So it just, it makes it difficult to understand what we're going to do. I'm probably going to get severely roasted for this uh, by listeners but i feel like the yankees would have a lot of interest in de young just for his power <clears throat> well that that it plays out there you know and I his, mean, they, his they power in yankee Gallo. stadium much like luke voigt that power in, in yankee stadium he could hit probably 30 40 bombs there yeah stop what do you mean that's so gross i'm sorry it's, i mean what? he doesn't ever really have a beard anyway so he's ready to roll <laughs> I don't know. I, I listen. This is just a, this is just a trade I made up in my head because I was thinking, you know, would it happen? Probably not. I mean, when's the last? Oh, I say when's the last time they made a trade with the Yankees, but they traded Luke Voigt over there. Um, so a few years. And we ago. got Gallegos, a great trade, in my opinion. Yeah, um, but that's just an idea that I had. You know, you they yeah they people that or they got one guy they're trying to move. We got a ton of prospects that we could part ways with to. Uh, but you know, Trevor's story is just money. Um, yeah, coming in that year. So, but at the same time, man, I don't, I don't like Bush Stadium. 
I don't think it's a it's it's not a good park to hit home runs in. Um, how will he, and I, I I don't like playing the the game of you know how will somebody hit outside of Coors because I feel like that that whole idea is gone now that Arenado is succeeding elsewhere. But you know I just it's not a good park to hit home runs in. Um, and how will story play? You know so yeah, especially with like the high strikeouts of story that's that'll be in because we already have that in O'Neill um Arenado yeah Andy Young and Arenado Arenado has somewhat high strikeout numbers this year so that's why I was saying like the safer bet maybe Seager I get he's injury prone but he puts the ball in play more and and like he would instantly be uh top of the lineup bat maybe number two in the lineup Maybe yeah, go that's Carlson, where I'd put him. Go Carlson and Seager, and then go from there of Goldie and then Arenado. Well, I think we, I think this offseason we need to find us a good leadoff hitter too. I, I, I've never liked Carlson there. Um, I've always liked him in the second spot, truthfully. Yeah, that I, I've been dangling the idea of putting Tyler O'Neill at the second spot. Yeah, I mean, there's so many different options. I don't like. I don't like Goldschmidt there, um, and I think, to be honest, I think, I think since they've done what they've done, yeah, he's had some pop, but I don't think it's good for Arenado there. I've, I've, I, I think Goldschmidt right now is, is really cooking. I think I saw yesterday he's hitting two eighty now. Um, yeah, and I don't know if you saw the post the other day that I made, but he's got out of his last ten games, not counting last night, he had seven out of his last ten that were um, multi hit. So. Yeah, that that he's been insane lately. I mean, him and O'Neill have have been our best hitters, and then you have Arnado th- like uh, yeah, you have Arnado who is our third best hitter probably, and then you probably just go down from there. But after that top four, it's pretty, it's not that deep. So I feel like you need to get a few more guys that can. It's not that deep, and that's what sucks for us is because yeah. like I feel like we get down past you know five six and it's just like we are rolling the dice it's like you may get something out of it you may not and that's kind of what i think is one of the big downfalls for st louis this year is the fact that like it's just a it's just a shot in the dark what you're gonna get past so many guys and you know paul DeYoung doesn't put balls in play and if he does they're, they're they're home runs and to me that that doesn't work in a lineup that uh, if Harrison Bader's hitting, you know, that's fine. But if he's not hitting, we're struggling because the whole bottom half is just a question mark. Yeah. Especially Edmund this year. Yeah. I mean, I I love Edmund, but I just, I, I've been saying it for a while. He just has to be utility. He shouldn't be starting. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with that. Well, yes. Do you have any closing arguments for today? Uh, no, this was fun. It's nice talking to you again. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. Well, you guys can listen to the Turn It To podcast on Spotify, iTunes, Google Podcasts. Until next time, go Cards.